Welcome, everybody, to the Cinema Spiel. My name is Tim with the Cinema Valley Visitors Bureau. Folks, it's a lovely day in Sonoma. It's beautiful. Went to the farmer's market like I always do. But as I was leaving to come here to do the podcast, two buses of visitors rolling up. We got people from Brazil. We got people from Mexico. We got people from as far away as... Nevada, Sacramento, all over the place are coming, wow. and uh, it's it's just a great time to be here, and uh, just really enjoying what's happening in Sonoma Valley. Uh, but that's that's what's happening today. But but today I want to talk about the past and a little bit how the past informs now and the future. And to do that, I brought in a very special guest because this week I have a very special guest. I know every week I say that. Every week I say, hey, I have a very special guest. This week I actually mean it and he's long overdue which is a joke when we hear about him this <laughs> jim silverman cinema plaza history how are you i'm great man thanks for having me of course thanks for showing up so yeah. so glad to see you here um jim tell me a bit about sonoma plaza history what is it and and how can people be involved with it what's going on uh, thanks for asking. It is Sonoma Plaza History is a website. Okay. It's free. Okay. You will find there a map of the Sonoma Plaza pinned with these marvelous short videos telling the natural history, disappeared people, big events, and personal memories of what life around the plaza was like back back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Right. Not before, that long ago. Not that long. Because all yeah. you know, history's pro- prologue. And, COVID, and, man. And here, <laughs> COVID is the dividing line. That yeah, the before times. Yeah. BC before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> when we knew what day of the week it was. Things like and all that. sorts of stuff like that. Um, Jim, what what, what, we'll get more into it, but what does it cost to get on that thing? Is that it a costs, lot of money? It's free. For, it's get, totally free. It's a project with the Sonoma Community Center. Oh, okay. okay. We're creating a public resource, an okay. asset, you know, okay. using the building blocks of this astonishing eight-acre place, the most historic spot in California. Okay. Modern California was born there. Okay. Folks been living here for untold thousands of years. Long time. Tell right. their story. Okay. Now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up right now and, and kind of talk you through it, but the, when you open up cinemaplazahistory.com, you kind of get an overview map is the big thing, the hero photo at the first main page. Yeah. Uh, and there's a bunch of red dots. Yeah. And the red dots each represent a point of interest that you have more information on. Is that correct? It's close enough. <laughs> close, almost, Tim. Yeah. Almost. So, backstory. When, right. when I was working with Arthur Dawson, okay. great uh, environmental historian. Thank poet. you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had this big conversation about should the stories be site-specific about this spot or should they be vignettes? Mm. And Arthur persuaded me they should be vignettes Mm. because it's a lovely form. Mm. You can tell a much bigger story. So one of the stories he tells that I think we'll be listening to is about the trees on the Sonoma Plaza. (laughs) Turns out they come from around the world. Okay, Okay, yes. Around the world. Jim, how long have you lived in Sonoma? Since 89. And so you're relatively new. And so what I love is whenever people talk about the plaza, which is the crown jewel of Sonoma Valley, possibly Sonoma County, possibly California, possibly the universe. Mm. Okay, I might be stretching there. I hear New Orleans is nice, Jim. Uh, (laughs) But but, uh, people often say you can't change the plaza. 
And what I love is that part of this shows that the plaza has always been changing. Yeah. There's always a story of change yeah, and growth yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about these trees? What, what, why, why do I care about trees? <laughs> Some stuff. You like that? What a you've seen one, you've seen them all, right, as somebody right, said. Right, right, yeah. right. President Reagan. Yeah. Um, so um, the, the, the trees ground you. You know, mm. people are familiar with forest bathing. Uh, walking among the trees on the plaza and right. getting to know them is, is actually, it's a, it's a healing path. It's a way to get grounded to where y- y- your feet are. And ha- eight-acre plaza, has, yeah. have it always been full of trees and, well, and very forested? Well, point, to your point about it's never changed, I would love to make a little video showing the Sonoma Plaza over time. Right. And uh, so in speaking with uh, uh, Breck Parkman, wonderful mm-hmm. retired archaeologist, Mm. Breck said, now, Jim, if you really want to tell people about this place, Mm. you need to begin 150 million years ago. (laughs) This is like a James Mitchell novel. When when this place was (laughs) deep underneath the ocean, right? And the sandstone was being born. Right. right? I mean, that's really when it begins. Right. And then untold thousands of years ago, I mean, before the pyramids were built in Egypt, you know, I mean, a long time ago. And there were all these people who lived around here, the, you know, Wapo and because Miwok and Pomo and all mm-hmm. like that. And they were so evolved that they had no need for written language. Hmm. It was all spoken. It was all understood. Interesting. And the way you lived is unimaginable to, to you and me because they were just part of their world and their people had lived in the same place for thousands of years. Like millennia, yeah. Yeah, so you knew where the bulbs grew and where the fish lived. And, Interesting. You know, the birds at night would tell you what time it is. and huh. Right? So I, I like this, like, should we tell the history of the plaza you started immediately, like five, seven, eight yeah, you millions gotta, of years you ago or step whatever? Back. <laughs> so probably the, so the city hall. Right. Built of stone. Right in the middle of the plaza. Those stones are around eight million years old. Really? They're volcanic bulb. Uh, 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 basalt or basalt stones. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Stuttering, and they were they were dug out just up there at Shawkins Quarry. Also, right about two miles right. away from yeah, the plaza. Yeah, just okay. up the hill. I mean, they're heavy, so I imagine you, you probably couldn't well, swap them that far. Well, <laughs> well, actually, that was a huge. That was the business in Sonoma in the 1880s was sending those uh, paving blocks mm-hmm. to over a million to San Francisco to pave the streets. Oh, really? That was giant business here. So San Francisco would still just be a muddy place without Sonoma's rocks. Well, yeah. No, we can claim yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should. <laughs> Starting right now. Take that, San Francisco. Right yeah. You're so lucky you that we're here. That? Did you hear that? Where would well, you be without us? What I'll do, let me let me cue up the tree story then. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll play one of the, So what, what I like is that when you go to this place, there's a bunch of different videos that you can play. Right. And even if you are on the plaza and you have a mobile, uh, you know, a smartphone, which everyone seems to nowadays, you can watch these videos from the location that they're talking about. And I like that it's the vignettes with, you know, the place. Yeah. So that's yeah. there. Yeah. Let me see if I can get this to go. We're going to go right to the very edge of my AV abilities. Here we go. You do. Here we go. Do the tourists and the trees in the plaza have in common? Most are from somewhere else. Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, and the Americas. They come from every continent except Antarctica, which has no trees or native people. 
But before it became Sonoma's centerpiece, the plaza was an open expanse with perhaps a few scattered oaks. It took the efforts of many people over nearly two centuries to turn it into what it is today, an arboretum, a place for trees. A casual stroll through the plaza is a botanical trip around the globe. There are cedars from North Africa and the Himalayas, European oaks, maples and cherry trees hailing from Japan and China, fan and windmill palms native to Mexico and the Canary Islands off Africa, the blue gum and mana gum, a Norway spruce, a Peruvian pepper tree, bald cypress, liquid ambar, and scarlet oak. The three American elms. I'm going to kind of sort it out there, but the whole the whole thing is quite good because it looks at all the different trees uh, on the plaza, and they were planted, uh, many of them, on purpose. Yeah. And some as gifts from different people. Yeah. Some as just part of the history. You also mentioned my favorite tree, which I call the barf tree, <laughs> because it's a ginkgo. Right. And it has a smell like vomit. Uh, when it's flowering at certain times. There's male and female ginkgos, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's amazing how for about two years, I was thinking someone keeps getting sick here in this corner of the plaza uh, for a certain time. Yeah. And it's just because that tree evolved pre-bee uh, pollination, evolved to, to be kind of disgusting to get other pollinators. It's such an ancient tree from, from Asia. But it's one corner. I'm not going to tell you where. you got to discover okay, it. you okay. got to watch the video. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the video uses the tree map that people can pick up at the Visitors Bureau. Well, you're so good, sir. You're right on message. Thank you. You're right, right there at the 453 First Street East, uh, we have the uh, Plaza Visitors uh, tree map. Yep. And uh, it, it kind of details everything that's there. I love that you started with trees because they're, they're there, they're visible, they're easy to see, mm-hmm. and people are very interested in them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the, I mean, you've been a volunteer with us, Jim, mm-hmm. at, at the Visitor mm-hmm. Center. And mm-hmm. I think one of the jokes is when people come up to me and they say, we want to go see the Redwoods. And, the th- and they're often thinking Muir Woods. Yeah, right? yeah. And I say, well, right. obviously here in Sonoma, actually Armstrong Woods is much better. Mm. It's up there in Guerneville. It's not that far away. It's not that busy. But I say, you know what? There's a redwood right there. Yeah. And there's a redwood. You know, it's very tall. It's not an ancient redwood. Right. But it's certainly a redwood. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's a good yeah. place. Gives us shade and stuff like that. Yeah. But Jim, tell me, some, what are some of the other stories uh, of, of the Sonoma Plaza that are included in this project? Yeah. Uh, one of the really big things that we've done is to uh, commission... Mike Acker, local artist, to create work that uh, portrays the street scene around the Sonoma Plaza. And Mike delivered a uh, panorama that's 32 feet long, this massive... Well, that's how big it is. I was trying to gauge that. 32 feet. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's a huge uh, painting, or what is it? It's panels. Okay. Uh, three by four foot panels. So two panels depict each street. So each street, you have an eight-foot span street view of each street going around. This is almost like a one-to-one ratio. It's big. big. So across the bottom, 
uh, is a section of an 1880s street map. Okay. By an outfit, yeah, called Sanborn. Sanborn Fire Insurance Company. Okay. After the American Civil War, they went all over the United States and made these detailed street maps for fire insurance purposes. So you knew what you were insuring. Exactly. If, if you lost it. Or so something. they identify okay. the Chinese businesses and the barber shops and the bowling alleys and what the buildings are made of. Okay. Really interesting so, stuff. And they did this. This is a large company, not just in Sonoma. You're Correct. They're everywhere. Nationwide. Okay. Nationwide. So then keyed to that street map, Mike created a photo montage, past and present ghostly street scene. Got it. And then above that is I wanted a hyper-local walk of fame. Hmm. So it's people who lived here who's who were important to Plaza history, but n- not beyond that. Right. They're sort of like known well here. Right, right. Like I saw you had Igvella, the cheesemaker. He's the last, the most modern person in Got the it. lineup. So this is this enormous artwork that's very informative and really intriguing. So we've turned those into videos. Got those it. Those okay. are on the map. Yeah, it's sort of a Ken Burns effect thing yeah. where you have this beautiful insurance company maps, which I think would be akin to like Google Maps now. Exactly. And, and back then. Exactly. Really neat montage photos and, and drawings. Yeah. Uh, and then the stories of these different people. You got it. Okay. You got it. So um, we're doing a bunch of stuff with it. Okay. Uh, one is we are printing them and going to be traveling the show around the valley to schools, the library, things like that. You're printing the maps? We, we're, we're printing the panels. The panels? The like, you're going to print them out onto smaller panels? No. We're going full size. You're going to keep the full size? Full size. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, the community center won a California Humanities grant. Okay. And that's going to pay for the printing. That's great. Yeah. It's going to be really, really, really cool. Really cool. Can we put those in the plaza, too, you think? You know, let's like, talk wait, off air. Yeah, let's talk off air. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah no, like definitely. Uh, I'd love to see them go. We don't have to ask places. permission. Nobody's listening. You uh, like to sneak in the middle of the night and do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jim Silverman is not in this room right now. Just in- Jim, tell me what are some of the other stories that are in the plaza yeah, story here? Yeah, um, re- probably the most important uh, we call Chinese Sonoma okay. that uh, honors the, at one time, nearly 25, 30% of our town was Chinese. Okay. And uh, these were, it's really interesting. These were people who came both before the completing of the Transcontinental Railroad and also afterwards mm. because all these guys were looking for work. Mm. So they planted a lot of the fields around here, dug caves, uh, worked in people's homes, all that, and had businesses around the plaza. Okay. About 25, 30% of them. Um, Peter Meyerhoff, a local recently retired dentist, great historian, unearthed a fascinating story about a murder okay. that took place at one of these Chinese laundries. Interesting. Uh, real succinctly, uh, this... A badass guy, yeah. a white guy from Napa. Of course. Uh, Our story starts with a bad guy from Napa. Yeah, that's well right. done, like all right, Sonoma right, stories. Right. Okay. He was really upset over a 10 cent charge that was on his For bill. real? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And started throttling the owner, the Chinese owner. Oh my gosh. And one of the workers who was there washing and stuff like that uh, to defend his friend shot and killed the assailant. Oh my gosh. So his buddy rushes in. They say, no, 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 it's this guy, it's the owner. He was arrested, taken to jail. 
put on trial, and a lot of the good people of Sonoma spoke up on his behalf. Interesting. This is not somebody who would do this. And wow. he was found not guilty, but okay. he never came back to he, Sonoma. He left town. Yes, siree. Well, let me, that's, I'm going to play a little bit of the, uh, the Chinese history story yeah. then, and let's see how that works. Yeah. So here we go. Over 300,000 people flooded into California. They came from all over America and around the world, from Europe, Central and South America, Australia, and China. Young Chinese men sailed across the Pacific to seek their fortune on Gam San, or Gold Mountain. Like most gold seekers, only a few Asians struck it rich. But they soon found their labor in high demand for agriculture and building the Transcontinental Railroad. By the 1860s, hundreds were working on ranches around here. A number of Chinese cellar bosses supervised winemaking. Okay, so it kind of goes over the whole story of the Chinese in Sonoma. Yep. And what I like, how it ties back to modern day, I think we have the only elected official uh, in the United States that was born in what we call mainland China or mm-hmm. non-Hong Kong, which is Jack Ding, our former mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came here, I think, right after the, the Cultural Revolution or something, but he, mm. he came here as a young man. Um, and he, he points out that he thinks he is the only elected wow. official born in China wow. who, who migrated here. And that's kind of any way we brought the, the, the story full circle. Yeah. So, yeah. Jim, if people want, we're going to talk some more about some other stuff because you're an interesting guy. Uh, but cinemaplazahistory.com, I believe, mm-hmm. is the website. It is. Uh, also, the visitor center, we have these little pamphlets you can pick up and get information. There are all sorts of different stories, um, everything from the Italian stonecutters, yep. uh, the cheesemakers, as you mentioned, the grapes, the mission period, the Native Americans, the Pat Winpomo, uh, and different uh, Miwok groups that were here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you've done is a really good balanced story of history. Okay. History, history's, history's controversial. It is. Actually, history is not controversial. How we talk about history is controversial. <laughs> just <laughs> ask DeSantis. <laughs> right, yeah. because everyone, you know, like I said, history is prologue to, to the present right now mm-hmm. and how we understand our own stories. Mm-hmm. And I like that you're willing to take a lot of different viewpoints and present them in here in a, a measured tone. Right, but there's not a lot of uh, demagoguery, or this is how history was, or you know the classic like this is the hero of the story. Right, right. because in real life it's not that way, you know. Well, thank you. I, I we agree. Yeah, we completely it's, agree. Well, and that's I want to go off that because what is your background? Mr. Silverman. Yeah. Thanks How for, did you end up in this place? Uh, <laughs> What's a nice guy like you yeah, doing here? Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, I was kicked out of library school, but we're not talking for about talking? that. We're not talking what? about that. We're not talking about that. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm a, I am I grew up in New Orleans in the 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to a college in Iowa called Grinnell College. Grinnell College, okay. And uh, a friend sent me a children's book, and I thought, wow, this is really an interesting book. And so I graduated with the first bachelor's degree in children's literature in the United States, which was not a career move. Believe no. me, it was not a career move. 
<laughs> well, hold on. But this was, uh, I don't want to ask you your age, but can you give me the rough time you graduated from Grinnell? Uh, 68. 68? Um, yeah, I'm 73. So that was kind of the high point, though, or a lot of, um, I don't want to say like children's literature, but like Judy Bloom was going to start coming out. So true. And yeah, so a true. A lot of these, the whole market was coming out. Yeah. For, yeah. especially a lot of baby boomers were reading, right? And the golden yeah. books were a thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and the whole children's literature. So I, I was fascinated by the history, folklore, f- right. fairy tales, you know, that deep stuff. And uh, 19th century children's literature. So it w- was different than, it sounds like, than the stuff I grew up with, like Old Yeller and Where the Red Fern Grows. Uh, were there different types of stories for kids back then? Oh, yeah. They were a lot scarier. Really? Oh, yeah. Dark you, stuff. Have you read Where the Red Fern Grows, Jim? Do you know what happens yeah, to them? Yeah, I know, I know. It's the I saddest know. book. <laughs> it is. It's a heartbreaker. Have you read Bridge to Terabithia? It's a heart, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No, the but more things <laughs> change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. So these were scary, yeah. scary Stories for yeah. kids, though. Yeah. Why would we yeah, do yeah. that? What was that all about? Oh, I don't know. I don't, okay. Let's talk about something else. Oh, you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to go deep into the Jungian archetypes no, of I these don't. stories. Thank so, you, but doctor. you, but you became uh, an expert on children's stories. I became and children's literature. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, uh, make a long story a whole lot shorter. Um, after I was kicked out of library school for I, talking, right? I went back to Louisiana, where I grew up, and. Uh, went to library school the second time, okay. and there made a, a a bibliographic journey to compile a list of children's books published in the South before the American Civil War. Oh wow! Looking okay. for culturally Southern children's books, hmm. and followed in the footsteps of a WPA project called hmm. the American Imprints Inventory, and just really had a lot of deep fun. Okay. So uh, to make a long story short, I was living on a plantation and running the library at the state penitentiary, and I decided turn hmm. thirty in the woods. Really? So I had all kinds of prejudices against California. I thought we're the was, worst. I, you know, I, I was a New Orleans boy. Yeah, you I, wasn't, were. I wasn't a surfer. You know, I wasn't. No. You know, and you were playing poker oh, and drinking Sazerac. Absolutely, man. Let's, let's do crabbing. They yeah. say they bon temps roulant, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever you guys do. Bourree. We were playing bourree. <laughs> <laughs> so then, how did you? How did you end up here Greyhound in California? Greyhound bus, for man. real. A box of books and a, bo- and a box of clothes <laughs> and a dream. Yeah, right. <laughs> you so honestly then, hopped so, on a Greyhound bus in New I Orleans. I did. I did. So then I became fascinated by the. Um, early children's books published in California. And Mm. what I brought in to share with you is um, the first. It's a facsimile of the first children's book published in California. And uh, and it's in Spanish. It is in Spanish. It was produced in Monterey not long after... Uh, independence okay. from 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 Spain. Got it. So they're in the Mexican Empire, the California. Exactly, okay. and it's called uh, Tablas para los Niños que Empiezan a Contar, Tables for the Children Who Are Learning to Count. Got and it. And really, what it is, Tim, is a it's a book for international commerce. It's oh, a very sophisticated book. But what, what's most fun for me is that I reproduced it. I made the facsimile mm. as a one signature book. So when Gutenberg and those guys, yeah, figured out how to make books with movable type, yes, they discovered ways to lay out a sheet. Oh, because we were doing parchment back print. then instead well, of like they folios. Were using, uh, they were no, doing folios. They were, okay. Well, and it's called folio because of the folding, right? Uh, so that's okay. what that hints okay. on. So this is made in a manner that you can print a twenty-four page book 
on a single piece of paper. And then fold it cleverly. Exactly. Wait a minute. These guys were just doing early tourism maps. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tablas para los niños que yeah. empiezan a contar. Yeah. Monterrey. Yeah. Um, some guy named A. Zamorano did it. Yeah, he was the first printer here. And what I love is not only does it have, like, tres por uno is tres, tres por dos is seis. Like, it's, it's a multiplication, multiplication table. tables. Then it says, el siglo tiene uh, siete años. Uh, a century has 100 years. Right. A year has 12, uh, un año, uh, diez meses. So it has, like, this information. Powers of, powers of 10, man. They go I love up, they this. count up to a trillion <laughs> in Monterey in the 1830s. There wasn't TV back then, so I, what did you do? You sit on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your fingers and toes over. I need more fingers and toes. But look at this. El Marco de Oro tiene yeah. uh, 50 castellanos. So the, a, mark, a, a gold mark has 50 uh, castellanos. It's for business. Yeah. This is like uh, understanding how to break up dollars and, and their money. So that's hmm. be, this is like my little Rosetta Stone. Yeah. So what that's about is the fact that business was opening up. Yeah. And Monterey was becoming an okay international like port. a port exactly uh, ships okay. were coming in from all over now they had been doing that illegally prior to independence because you couldn't back in the day that you, was the law the mercantile system that. was you had to go back to your country your, your kingdom yeah right? it was complicated and that's why we had yeah. the soldiers here to keep you away right. from the Russians who were only 25 miles away yeah you had to go all the way down to Mexico City or yeah, Spain all that. yeah all that <laughs> okay yeah. so this is I love that you found this book it wasn't this size. This is a small yeah, version. No, 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 no. Okay, so I'm holding up something. It's a facsimile. It's like, but it's like four inches by like three it's inches. Smaller it's like than five, a, it's smaller tiny. than a playing card. Yeah, it's yeah. really small. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's they cool. They didn't have a lot of stuff. Paper was probably expensive. Paper was very expensive. Okay. So there are three copies of the original printing that survived, and the one that's uh, down at the Huntington Library oh, is wrapped yeah. in wallpaper, this really cool hmm. Mexican-era wallpaper. I didn't even... Okay, this is really yeah. cool. Yeah. So you got into children's literature in California, right? and then right. you focused on things around the uh, gold rush era, right. 18, 1850s, 1860s. Yeah, so as I started... Researching these early children's books published in California, uh, what I put together, which is going to be my next passion project, okay. is these remarkable fairy tales published in California between the 1850s and, say, the 1920s or 30s. And this marvelous character who... Yeah, the, the gold the queen the, of California. Yeah. Is one of the, you printed this, I printed this out, you sent this to me. I, it's a woman who looks like almost like um, a C.S. Uh, Lewis. A, uh, uh, John Tenniel is uh, the illustrator of Lewis, of Lewis Carroll's books. Lewis Carroll's, thank yeah, you, yeah, of yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it has that kind of look. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And probably was around the same time, maybe. Yeah, a little earlier. But the, okay. yeah, that, that was definitely a, an English... Um, uh, caricature, cartooning style. Got it. That was a popular. Punch Magazine. Yeah, Punch was, Magazine. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So, what? Tell me, who was the Gold Queen of California? I wish I knew. Wait, so, this is I an know, unknown know, character. Know, yeah, yeah. I love this. This is heartbreaking. This is, I know. No, this I'm is the whole reason I'm, why you're a librarian. I'm you struggling with this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it weighs on me. This. It really weighs on me. So, man. there's a story that you, th a children's story. Yeah. Of which this was probably a character. Those are from a book, and I've okay. lost the bibliographic citation. Can you believe that? That's basically like the librarian's it's, saddest I, day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I think I know where I Fumbled saw it. in the end. I know. Okay. I know. I'm just, you can't trust me. I can't trust myself. <laughs> I'm full horrible. of doubt. It's horrible. <laughs> so, so, but tell me about these, who were writing these books back then? Um, great story. Uh, the, the, uh, I'll just, well, 
I have too many favorites, but one of my most favorites is called Ho for Elfland. And it was written in the 1870s okay. uh, by a woman named Alice James Kingsbury Cooley. That's a great name. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. She's an yeah. actress, a thespian okay. who traveled around the United States, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Came to San Francisco, took the town by storm, okay. uh, was beloved as the Elfin Star, uh, all this kind of stuff. Okay. So she has a bunch of babies. She's had a bunch of husbands and uh, decides to write this children's book, write and illustrate. Ho, ho. ho like, you know, forward ho. Oh, ho. Yeah, exactly. For? <laughs> for elf. Ho for elf land. Ho so for we're elf not land. like working in the garden with diminutive people. This is ho, forward ho. Yes, right. To it's, elfin land. That's okay. right. It's okay. H-O exclamation point right. as okay. opposed to H-O-E. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you for the clarification. Yeah, I, I was like thinking they were easy to, growing uh, small cabbages. Easy, easy, okay. easy. So, so the... I'll tell you just a couple things about it because there, yeah. it's too much to tell. So the front cover is uh, this gold stamp cloth, and it's an illustration of this young girl who's featured in one of the stories, and her name is Elsie. And she is spoiled as the day is long. Okay. And so how does it go? <laughs> so the fairies decide to teach her a lesson. I think right. this is how this one goes. So Elsie is at a picnic. She's on a swing. Push me higher, push me higher. She, the swing goes high, so high it catches on the horn of the moon. Oh, yeah. And she gets out and meets this charming little man who lives yeah. in the moon. As you do. And he. Th- this is what's in the story. He yeah. offers her a drink of fermented moonbeam. Okay. Then they have a little dance. Okay. And then Elsie says, and now I'm ready to go home. And so on the front cover, Tim, is this picture of the moon up here and this long string stretched all the way to San Francisco (laughs) with Elsie gliding home among the angels. On this gossamer string of something or other. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. It's really interesting stuff. So let me me tell you, so this lady was actually really revolutionary. So following these stories that she illustrated is a series of essays addressed to the reader since mm. that. And the first one is called Woman, Past, Present, and Future. Mm. This is, I think, 1878, and it begins, I stand up in defense of my sex. Mm. And she talks about women inventors, specifically of this, that, and the other, who haven't been given crap, and on and on and on. She goes, firebrand essay, mm. firebrand essay. So meantime, back at her publisher's office, this was A.L. Bancroft. So he's okay. a very stuffy gentleman who I'm sure had no idea published in his house. And so I own a copy of the first edition and a copy of the second edition. Really? And in the second edition, that essay is suppressed. It's gone. Interesting. But replaced by a story of an obnoxious boy who's turned into a mule, a sloth, a pig, and a hedgehog before he relents. Do you think she was talking so, about her publisher? Who knows? Maybe. We can only conjecture. We can. Nobody's named. What was the name of that author again? Alice James Kingsbury Cooley. So I'm going to write a book this about great. all of this wonderful okay. stuff. Did you? But you didn't do your dissertation on this stuff. This is no. stuff you discovered later when you came here. Yeah, right. It's it, on the Greyhound bus. On the Greyhound with 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 a bunch of right. Sazerac rye and following my dream. <laughs> Come out yeah, here, yeah. Jim. I love that, and I also love that you're. You know, you are one of those uh, characters in Sonoma that is interested in so many things, and you kind of contribute to the local culture with that. You know, oh. you bring your passion. I really do appreciate that, because well, that's it's, it's, that is fun. It's the gumbo, man. It it's is. The gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> and this, a secret to a good gumbo is a good, how do you call it, filet? Filet. Filet. Filet gumbo. Yeah. Uh, which, okay. is not, which is not a, a cut of meat. Right. Right. Um, I have a question for you. Okay. Are you ready to help me with something else? 
Do you uh, know? I got you, I got a scoot in a minute. Yeah, so you ready? We're gonna go real fast. Okay. So we're gonna call this We Get Questions. Hold on, ready? We answer questions, people ask us questions, you're gonna help us answer. We're gonna do this in four minutes. Sure. Okay, so we get, get, get questions. questions. Ready, Jim? Yes. Here we go. Hi, we will be visiting Sonoma the weekend of October 29th. We will be visiting from Minnesota. This is the weekend of the Rivals Packer Viking game. Here is our question. Can you recommend a venue, bar, restaurant, vineyard that is known to broadcast games? Thank you for your time. Yeah, where can they go watch a football game? The librarian, Mr. Ready Reference. This is perfect. This is calling Ready Reference. <laughs> Are you a football fan? Do you support with the Saints, New Orleans Saints? Where, if Jim, if you're like yeah. a volunteer, let's just say, yeah. imagine you're a volunteer the visitors. Oh, center. wait, wait. Where would you send people? Call on me. Yeah. Maybe Steiners? Yeah. Steiners is a great place. Woo! Good job. I see Steiners, uh, good hot dogs and tater tots. Yeah, B&B, yeah. B&B on the corner, yeah. whiskey bar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the oh. town town square, the bar. Yeah. yeah, lots of places. Yeah. And most restaurants, I mean, most most hotels will have a place to watch it in but their bar. still, you want to be with your peeps. Steiners smells Ste- like a bar. It, it does. It Go does. there. Good. History, too. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Okay. You're, you're done. We are bringing a group of 35 people to Sonoma Valley in January. Hmm. What kind of non-wine activities should we look at booking them for? Oh. 35 people, non-wine. Because wine's easy. Oh. Wine non-wine. Is, yeah. What do you yeah. got? 35. What, what are you going to do? Uh, SonomaPlazaHistory.com. Check it out. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> you did a good job. You even got the sport right. <laughs> See, librarians are good people. That's a great one. People can do a walking tour yeah. of the plaza on their own. They can get the tree map. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. They could do your tour. There's yeah, also yeah, yeah. Uh, George Weber has a history walking tour. Yeah, and then go to the go to the Depot Park Museum. Oh, that's a great one. On Saturdays and Sundays, you're right. Yeah. Um, we have the uh, the little e scooter tours. Yes. We got bike tours. Yes. Or just go take a hike. A take communi- a cooking class. The community garden. The community garden on Seventh Street. You're talking about over oh, there. Oh, so beautiful. That's a beautiful garden. A lot of people don't know about it. Beautiful fig tree. Yeah. And that's a good spot to just chill and do a picnic. Yeah. And Jim, you're good at Sonoma. This. Sonoma. You're, you're really real. good at this. Thank you. Hey, bet. More right. people should listen to this show. <laughs> Here's the final question, and then I'll let you go. What are your favorite wineries in Sonoma, Glen Ellen, and Kenwood areas? Oh. That was posted on Facebook. Oh. Yeah, can you help me with this one? <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem with favorite wineries, asking me that question, is like when you ask your mom and dad who's their favorite kid. Ooh. Right. So I'm going to give you some that, I'm going to give you one from each section. How okay, about that? Okay. 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 So in Sonoma, yeah. a lot of different wineries. We've mentioned a lot. One I haven't mentioned here, I will say the La Prenda Tasting Room mm. near the Red Grape because they have Frosé. They have, if you if you don't like... You know, if you're new to wine, mm-hmm. it's great. But also they have, like, um, slushies made with wine. Hmm. So it's hot. That's kind of unique and, and slightly different. Wow. Yeah, that's a good one. Who knew? In uh, Glen Ellen and Kenwood, I'm going to cheat. And I'm going to say, go to the sm- uh, the family uh, small wineries of Sonoma, of Glen Ellen and Kenwood. The small wineries of Glen Ellen and Kenwood uh, include a bunch of smaller wineries, like Hamilton Family Winery, mm-hmm. which is run by a lovely couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, wine Snob, again, another couple. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sharemeister Winery, she's been on here. So it's like a, a group of smaller wineries. Passaggio yeah. is up there. Yeah. And what's nice is it's a chance to go explore things. Yeah. And my bonus, my bonus one, I always say go to St. Francis if you want to go walk in the vineyards oh. because they have a free vineyard adventure or a walk you could take and learn about the vines. Nice. And see how it works there. Well, so, I learned all kinds of stuff. You're amazing. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim uh, if people want more information about Cinema Plaza history, where do they go? Uh, SonomaPlazaHistory.com. 
that's so easy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And when your book comes out, it'll probably be on Amazon whenever you write this book. Yeah. Right? The one about stuff. And maybe we can carry it to the visitor center. Yeah. I would love to see that. You got and it. And I can bring you back on to talk about that book in a little bit. I'm there. So, All right. Thanks for coming. You're amazing. Uh, everybody else, thanks for listening. If you've gotten this far, make sure to like, comment, subscribe on the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, Dad. Talk to you soon.